The Blaze Radio Network. On demand. 2017 is going to be a volatile economic year. We may see politicians throughout the world attempting to control central bank policies. Several renowned financial analysts have warned that political interference in central bank policies may mean our economic misses of inflation and growth targets. Gold is an international currency that can't be issued or controlled by governments. If you don't have the only hard currency that has outlasted every politician and every failed idea of governments for centuries, you need to speak to Goldline right now and learn how easy it is to add gold to your portfolio or IRA. Now is the time to diversify your financial portfolio by adding gold. Call 1-800-913-GOLD. Buying real gold is easy and fast at Goldline. And you're going to be happy that you finally made the call. 1-800-913-4653. Goldline also offers price protection against short-term market fluctuations on qualifying purchases. So buy with confidence. Read Goldline's important risk information and find out if buying gold is right for you. Call Goldline. one 800 913 You're listening to Pure Opelka. This is Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Welcome back. Third hour, Pure Opelka. We still have a lot to get into. A lot to dig into. And we are still... Let me give you the official total... Check your watch. Get your watch ready. Let's make sure. I don't want anyone to be late tomorrow. I don't want anyone to miss this tomorrow because this will be going on tomorrow uh, as I am uh, guest hosting the Glenn Beck program here on the Blaze Radio Network. But we are 18 hours, 53 minutes, and 30 seconds now away from Jim Comey testifying. And if you're on the Fox Network, you have to add an hour because I'm guessing I'm guessing CNN's going to do like a Super Bowl pregame. That we're going to like get a, a, a giant curved table with 87 people on it. And then they're going to have boxes with 22 other people coming in from either other parts of the world. And just come on. Come on. What are we doing? This is, it's getting to be too much. They don't even realize they're becoming a parody of themselves, you have somewhere between five and nine people on the set at all times, and they're all trying to get their opinion in, which is pretty much all the same opinion, so you really don't need all those people. You could just have one. All right. I got, I'm ranting over. I, I'm just, I got to dial into the news of the day. Now, there, there was a story um, unfolding that we're trying to watch. I have a friend who is assigned to cover the uh, Cosby trial. And if I can get Bill on the horn to give us an update from what happened yesterday, I, I think it's, uh, it's incumbent upon us to cover this. This Bill Cosby trial is, is something for the people up in the Philadelphia area. If you're in the northeast part of the country, you know what I'm talking about. It's dominating the news and everybody who's working in news is has already been assigned to go over there. So um, the bizarre thing from yesterday, the thing that I caught, the thing that I need to see if Bill Zimfer can talk about, is what happened as Bill Cosby left the courtroom. There was testimony yesterday and some pretty harsh back and forth 
on uh, on behalf of the prosecution and the defense, really tough questions, and there were tears, all kinds of stuff. And at the end of the day, Cosby must have felt pretty confident. He must have felt supremely confident because when he left, he had a really bizarre reaction. Now, going on outside of the building is, um, is something pretty amazing. Going on outside of the building, there are a bunch of people who gathered, and every day as Cosby leaves, they give him a round of applause, and they cheer him on. And I, I know what you're thinking. You're going, wait, what? They're cheering on Bill Cosby as he leaves? Well, yeah, he's still allowed to have due process. Remember, these are all still uh, charges. And Bill Cosby is, like every one of us, allowed his day in court. And he should get it. I think we have to, we have to make sure our system never rushes to judgment, never cuts off anybody. We have to make sure every single person gets that, that fair trial. So it's with this in mind that I was watching the, um, the departure from the building and Cosby walking out of the building and at 79 years old and he's saying that he's pretty much blind right now, that Bill Cosby uh, needs help getting to the car, and he's certainly got, as I said, this group of people sympathizing. So as he's getting out of the building and being escorted to the Escalade that's waiting to take him away, Bill Cosby gives the audience a little Fat Albert. I know what you're thinking. Wait, what? No, he didn't. Yes, he gave him a little, hey, hey, hey. Now, if you're not feeling confident about the, the day in court and the testimony from the person who accused you of drugging them and then sexually abusing them, you don't come out of the courthouse going, hey, hey, hey. This is a little, a little clip of Cosby just walking from the back door of the courthouse over probably 60 feet to the Escalade that's waiting on him. He's waving. I can't, I can't believe it. People are saying, I'm going to sing a song for you, and Bill Cosby gives him a little Fat Albert. And he gets a hey, hey, hey back. It's the strangest thing. It reminds me in, in many ways of, of the Michael Jackson trial. And the people that lined up every day to cheer Michael on. It reminds me of, of even in some ways, the Bernie Madoff trial. There were people cheering on Bernie Madoff despite the fact that he stole people's fortunes and lives. And, and the OJ trial, when people thought, well, the OJ, OJ trial had sex, drugs, celebrity, and murder. So it was kind of like a soap opera. But this, this Cosby trial, just now... I'll see if I can get our buddy Bill on the on the horn here in the break to see if we can, we can talk about this. It's just it it just amazes me that he would come out of the courthouse facing all of this, and it's it's a serious charge, but facing all this, and then he would he would give us a hey hey hey. It's really scary. The Trump family is also in the news today. 
as we we talked about my my view of Donald Trump and and how he is showing Washington and the career politicians that he's a genius. And I have to get into some of the charges there. But there's also another story uh, that that bubbled up today and surprised me. And involves Piers Morgan. Are you aware of Piers Morgan? Yeah, he was a, a judge on America's Got Talent for years and years and years. He also had a show on CNN for about a minute. He replaced Larry King and failed miserably. Was paid a fortune to replace Larry King and fail miserably. And now he's back in, in uh, Great Britain on Good Morning Britain. Does anybody come up with an original idea? It's, they all do the same shows. It looks like the Today Show or Good Morning America in England. But Piers Morgan is the, the male anchor. It's a male and a female. And he's the male anchor. And they had yesterday the mayor of London on the show. And Donald Trump got a significant portion of heat for being critical of the mayor of London. And a lot of people said, Why, well, you, you, how dare you? And the mayor of London fired back that he wasn't really keen on having Donald Trump's state visit that the Queen has requested and invited. But he was on with Piers Morgan. And I think this surprises me because Piers Morgan is a guy who's anti-Second Amendment. Piers Morgan could not be one of the, but he could be one of the most vocal critics of firearms in our Second Amendment whoever had media rights in this country, whoever was paid millions to let his voice be heard. But this was Piers Morgan actually playing pretty tough with the mayor of London. And why was he playing tough with them? Well, apparently everybody knew who these guys were, the guys that, that pulled off the deadly attack, the guys who are now dead themselves. But at least, you know, Donald Trump was tough on the mayor of London. And he got a, a load of crap for it. But here's Piers Morgan being tough. And I'm, I'm giving Piers Morgan a thumbs up on this and his co-host as well. But check this out. You are mayor of the capital city where the most recent terrorist attack has taken place. How many of those 400 have come back to London? Uh, the, the estimate is just over half. So what they're talking about is 400 citizens of London who went and trained trained with ISIS. And so there were 400 that they know went there and just over half. That means more than 200 are back in England. Where are at, they? When you look at, well, when you look at the... Oh, seriously, How where are, are they? How are we letting people back in to the UK who've le who haven't just been trained? They've actually fought potentially against our troops. How are we letting them back in without... What a great question. What a great question from uh, both Piers Morgan and this woman whose name I apologize for not knowing. But this, they're, they're actually cornering the mayor. He looks a little uncomfortable, a little unhappy about this, but they press further. Exactly where they are and what they're up to. Because out of all the thousands of people that we're concerned about, surely those who've actually gone to fight are the biggest risk. Well, that's one of the reasons why it doesn't make sense for the government to be cutting resources but from where those... where are they? You're well, the mayor of this uh, hold, capital respect, city. Where are they? I can't follow 
400 people. What I can do is make sure why, why policies, can't? because we can, what we can do though is make sure we've got the resources for the police and the experts well, to follow these people. Why can't you instruct the police? Why can't you call Cressida Dick right now well, and say every one of those people who's come what. back from a war zone who's in London, I want them followed? Let me see. Well, first of all, you'll notice the answer. The immediate answer when you tell a progressive that you're not doing your job, that these terrorists, and they know who they are. There were 400 who went over. He knows the number that just over 200 actually came back after being trained by ISIS in fighting, in terrorism. They know the names. They know the number. They know the exact number of these people. They know who they are. They likely know where they are. And what does he say? First of all, he changes the game and says, uh, there's 400. I can't keep track of them. Well, a minute ago, you said there were 200. So now you're making it sound like your job is bigger. No. And the second thing he says is we don't have enough money. That's always the answer is throw more money at us. Throw more money. He continues. And again, Piers Morgan surprises me. Piers Morgan plays actual good journalistic tough guy and citizen of a town that was just attacked by people that the government knew about, that the government was aware of, that the government allowed to come back into the country after being trained by terrorists. Because the Met Police budget, roughly speaking, 15% to 20% is funded by me, the mayor. The rest comes from central government. If the Met Police budget is being shrunk and reduced, they've got to prioritise and use their resources in a sensible, savvy way. What could be a bigger priority than people coming back from a Syrian battlefield with intent to harm British citizens? What a brilliant question. Piers Morgan, God bless you for finally waking up to the reality of this threat. I'll bet you he's actually going to a gun range this day. I'll let the mayor stumble around again trying to say there's got to be more money thrown at the problem. Wrong, sir. Why is it not the number one priority? Why are these people just allowed to come back in in the first place and then the London mayor doesn't appear to have a clue where any of them are? I mean, no disrespect to you, but where are they? Well, that's one of the questions that obviously the police and security services are are looking into. But this, this, but this chap... I love that. You're the mayor. You're the mayor. You are the police. You are the head of it all. You're the... You're the chief executive of this. Sadiq, you're the mayor of London. Sure, but can I say, look, the three men responsible for the attack on Saturday night hadn't come from overseas. They were, for all intents and purposes, integrated into our way of life. Yes, and one of them had been overseas, and one of them had been trained, just not in an Afghanistan training camp. You have guys that have been overseas. You have guys that have connection. One of them was in a documentary unfurling an ISIS flag. How much more information, how much more detail do you need, sir? I got to give Piers Morgan some props today, and I never thought I'd be doing that. But this is, this is the kind of questioning I would love to see our guys doing instead of saying, why is Donald Trump insulting the mayor of London? Why is Donald Trump calling for a travel ban? I'll tell you why. So we don't end up being like this nation, our best friend, getting a terror attack seemingly happening once a week. All right, calming down. Step inside. Step away. Step back. Let's let's look for some fun. I'll be back after a break. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. 
Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call A Place for Mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call A Place for Mom at 1-800-803-6951. I've got to give you a number. I know you know the number to call in here if you want to talk, but this number will, will I tell you, this number, if you're dealing with chronic pain, you're dealing with all kinds of issues with your joint pain because of inflammation in those joints, if you give them a call and give it a try, relief factor, 800 500 Eight three eight four. I got the three week quick start pack, and that was thirteen and a half weeks ago. I take Relief Factor breakfast, lunch, and dinner. It's so so easy, so simple. It's all natural. It's not pharmaceuticals. It's not drugs. It's all natural ingredients that reduces the inflammation in my joints. And guess what? I'm not taking over the counter pain meds. I'm not taking prescription pain meds. I'm doing more. I'm playing more golf. I'm actually able to get out and about and run around the garden. I'm actually enjoying my life and not, re- not regretting, not living with pain. So check it out. Relief Factor, 800-500-8384, 800-500-8384. Don't wait like I did. I could have been feeling this better six months ago. That's when Brad Staggs first told me about it. Go to relieffactor.com and get more information or just give them a call and ask them the questions. Get the quick start pack, three weeks, 1995, Relief Factor, 800-500-8384. I know I said I was going to talk about uh, progressivism and uh, juxtaprogressives, and I've been mentioning things all day. We talked about Sharpton talking out of one side of his mouth and then the other side. We talked about... Uh, Chris Matthews asking the question if Donald Trump has any idea what what small government principles are. Wait, what? This is the guy who was advocating for single payer health care for everybody. Just insanity. But the insanity of of the year might go to Bernie Sanders. I know what you're thinking. Wait, what? Yeah, Bernie Sanders. Bernie Sanders is the guy who's, you know, he's talked about, we have to have health care for everybody. We have to take, it's, we have enough to take care of everybody. And so Bernie Sanders is the guy who identifies himself as a democratic socialist who wants everybody to, to win, everybody to survive and thrive. But Bernie Sanders just now received almost eight hundred thousand dollars as an advance for his book bernie's going to write a book about the benefits of socialism and guess who's going to benefit bernie bernie's the guy going to get the biggest chunk he's got to be the biggest juxta progressive so far and if we add in the fact that after bernie lost to hillary 
in the rigged primary and then suddenly bought a, a lake house up in Vermont, his third home, three homes, Bernie Sanders. I, I don't think he's, he's putting them all up on online and letting people stay. It's not like a hostel for, for uh, Bernie fans. But this just proves what you've known all along, that politicians are full of soup. The politicians will tell you one thing and then do another. And this is exactly why so many of us voted for Donald Trump to drain the swamp. We just have to keep reminding him that we have to drain the swamp. We have to do the things we promised. One of the guys who's doing that is Rand Paul. There's a story on The Blaze I'll, I'll tweet out a link to. Rand Paul reminding us all that voters are going to be mad at us if we don't fulfill our promises. And we have to do that. I'm up against the wall here. I got to dive into a couple more topics. We'll take care of business when we get back on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back. Waiting on a call from my buddy Bill Zimfer. He's a, a news guy, works for NBC Radio News, and he's, he's covering the Cosby trial, so maybe we'll get a quick update when they're on break up there. He has to run out into the hallway and get on the phone. You know, it's like the old days, when they run out in the hallway and get on the phone. There was a story that MSNBC and a few other progressive outlets are pushing with the, this narrative trying to smear Eric Trump and his charity. Eric Trump has for years been supporting the St. Jude Children's Research Hospital. And St. Jude does remarkable work that helps so many kids. You've seen the commercials. You know what it's about. And I'm sure as a parent, Eric Trump knows the, the great fear Look, I'm an uncle. You guys know about one of my one of my nephews. I also have nieces, many of them. They're all amazing. I talk about Riley because he's the the one I follow on the tennis trails. But I have nieces and nephews who one of which has some great challenges and has been helped by people like St. Jude's and by people like Make a Wish as she battles some pretty big challenges. So when I see somebody like Eric Trump, who has a whole lot in his life doing some things for St. Jude's and they've raised a lot of money, get dragged into the mud by some of the mainstream media, I just wonder, what the heck are you guys doing? The Eric Trump Foundation, based on a letter from the people at St. Jude's, the Eric Trump Foundation has helped raise over $13.9 million in 10 years. 
they the letter is is everywhere now today. Now there are questions being raised that did did the Eric Trump Foundation overcharge or take out too much money for operating the golf tournament that they've run benefiting St. Jude's. Well, in, in 2016, the Eric Trump Foundation contributions were $3.6 million, $310. million, $310. With 2.9 received directly from the foundation. And they're talking about their various fundraising activities. Well, a, a investigative journalist was trying to make sure that the Trump Foundation was as charitable as they've been saying. So they looked into this and they found that in the early years, more than a decade ago, they charged $50,000 to use the golf course. And some years it went as high as 300 and some years it was as low as 150. And as somebody who's, who's been involved in charitable golf tournaments for years, those costs do change and they vary over over the years, because sometimes they have different things happening at those golf events. So I can understand why those numbers would vary. What I can understand is this entire scorched earth effort to try and do anything to tear down anyone whose last name is Trump. Oh, yes, I can understand because they hate everybody. Everybody named Trump. The mass media is just so against the Trump family. And it's got to be disheartening, especially when you're doing uh, so much work on behalf of people who need it. Charities like St. Jude's. So MSNBC, your witch hunt, and yeah, I'm going to use the Trump term, witch hunt, really is embarrassing. Still waiting on my buddy Bill Zimfer. He should be calling any second now, I hope. And we're noticing all of a sudden with 19 hours, 18 hours, and 20 minutes left to go until Comey testifies, there are all kinds of leaks coming out. Now, when we heard about this Comey meeting with Trump, when Comey first told us about it, there were rumors, there were allegations, there were charges that there was going to be or asked for a loyalty pledge from Jim Comey to the president. And it made Comey feel bad. And we didn't hear it again, but now it's coming up again because Comey has released his prepared remarks ahead of this testimony. So you'll be able to read the prepared remarks before we even talk to him. This is going to be two days of this. We're now going to destroy uh, this the next day by parsing every bit of these prepared remarks. I, I don't understand why you're allowed to release these remarks a day ahead. Maybe it's because the testimony is starting so early, and I guess the West Coast media was howling because it'll be 7 o'clock on the West Coast. Oh, Bill's there? Okay. Um, I'm going to pause for a minute. We're going to talk to my buddy Bill Zimfer. Bill is uh, a news guy. He's based out of Philly, and uh, he's a guy I I love to hear about, uh, all all of his exploits, and uh, we're going to ask him to give us an idea. Hey, Bill, what's going on? What's up? What's happening? Glad you're here. Tell us about the Cosby trial. Well, thank you. Good to be with you, Mike. Uh, it's been, uh, it got off to a really fast start on, on Monday, and uh, yesterday we got our feature witness, uh, Andrea Constant, on the stand. Oh, so she actually testified, and did she get cross-examined as well? 
Well, she, she was on the stand for four hours total. Cross-examination did get underway yesterday, but the, it was too late in the day to really continue it, so uh, it's going to be continued today. Uh, it started off with uh, Constant explaining her story under questioning by the prosecution uh, that Bill Cosby, how he gave her pills, uh, she basically lost consciousness, and, uh, and he assaulted her. Uh, when cross-examination started, uh, they really drilled down on some of the details that she gave to authorities when she finally did report the case more than a year later and uh, pointed out some inconsistencies there. Like uh, Andrea Constant told authorities that it was the first time she had been alone with Bill Cosby. That was proven to be untrue under cross-examination. And the, uh, the other thing is that she told authorities she had very limited contact with him after the incident. That's when the uh, defense pulled out phone records that showed that she had called Bill Cosby 72 times after wow. the incident, sometimes talking for up to 40 minutes at a time. So that's what they're going to be hitting on here, the inconsistencies in her story and her reliability as a witness. That is amazing. So the the story has some serious holes in it. And the cross-examination bill, um, I, I guess it's going to continue today, but Mm-hmm. One of those attorneys seems to be um, pretty well. These guys know what they're doing. The defense attorney—they've got a, a female defense attorney doing the cross-examination, the the heavy part of it. Correct? This Angela Agrusa. Yeah. yeah, she's the one that uh, cross-examined, uh, started the cross-examination anyway yesterday of uh, Andrea Constant. Brian McMonagle is the lead defense attorney, and in his opening statements on Monday, he was very, very. Uh, vigorous in his uh, presentation, and he actually cross-examined the fir- first witness, Kelly Johnson, who is the only other woman we're going to hear from who alleges that Bill Cosby assaulted her, and he was very, very vigorous in his crom- cross-examination of her. Uh, Angela Grusa was a little more subdued, a little slower in her pace of cross-examination, but when asked about that yesterday, uh, she said, we're just getting started. Yeah, that that quote gave me chills. I read that. I didn't I can't imagine what it's like to be in that courtroom, but when when that attorney would look at you and say we're just getting started. Yeah. After tearing down a lot of the basic fundamentals in in your your statements. Oh, this is going to be this is going to be interesting going forward. Bill, how long will this last this trial? They expect this trial to last two weeks. Now, that's what they thought at the beginning, but it seems to me that it could be moving a little bit quicker than expected. Of course, we're only in the prosecution phase, and then um, the defense will get its chance. But uh, we have already heard from our major witnesses in the case. So the first two days of this basically gave us the two biggest bits of testimony that we're going to see from the prosecution side and on the other side the defense will then get its chance this this i i think you're right i think this is going to move quicker than the two weeks and and hopefully we'll we'll get this resolved and the people of pennsylvania won't have to pay for putting up the jurors and you know i think that's it just makes me crazy that we're housing jurors from pittsburgh and they're sequestered and all that stuff Bill Zemfer, thank you so much. I appreciate you, and hopefully we'll get you back another day if you've got the time. Hey, anytime, Mike. Thanks, Bill, and uh, we'll be right back on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network.
You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. I can't believe today's almost over. I can't believe we're wrapping up. And it feels like Christmas Eve for me because tomorrow, not only do we get the Jim Comey testimony, but I get to host the Glenn Beck program. (sighs) Yay. And this show. So we'll be doing a double tomorrow. I will be here instead of Glenn tomorrow and Friday. So you're welcome to get here a little earlier. And uh, then we will continue. It'll be a six-hour Puro Pelkathon. And there's enough to cover. Please. I I also would like you to go to uh, theblaze.com, click on the channels, and follow me. And I'm going to mention that several times tomorrow when we're on the big show so we can catch up to Doc Thompson, who seems to be uh, lengthening his lead. So we'll get into that. Earlier in the show, when I announced uh, my belief that Donald Trump is, in fact, a genius by him showing his political savvy over just the past couple of days, I'm going to add to that. Uh, His pick, his selection, his nomination of Christopher Wray for the head of the FBI, what did I tell you? I said I believed he was going to have an easy confirmation by the Senate. Well, I reached out to one of my senators, Democrat Chris Coons of Delaware, and I wrote to him to get uh, his opinion on it. And he just instantly, as we were coming back from break, I got an email from Chris Coons. Mike. Yeah, that's how he addresses me. Mike. Chris Ray is a serious and experienced attorney who has worked both in private practice and at the Department of Justice, where he was the assistant attorney general in charge of the criminal division. I'm encouraged that President Trump has nominated someone with significant federal law enforcement experience rather than a career in partisan politics, as was rumored over the past several weeks. As a member of the Judiciary Committee, I look forward to closely and thoroughly reviewing Mr. Ray's full background and meeting with him soon. It is critical, particularly at this moment, for the FBI to have strong, respected and independent leadership from the horse's mouth, from one of the guys I think is now considered to be a leader in the Senate and a guy I respect greatly. He's uh, he's a, he's a good man. He's a little too liberal for me, obviously, but I believe Chris Coons is a guy who believes in bipartisan government. I believe he thinks that there can be common ground found on most issues. So uh, you heard it. We predicted it earlier and now it looks like, if, if Chris Coons is, is the uh, litmus test, if he's the bellwether, I think we're looking forward to a pretty quick and easy confirmation of Christopher Ray, And we will have, once again, a, an FBI with a, a full and fully confirmed leader. So looking forward to that. Uh, also, I mentioned earlier, I don't know if I hit enough fake news today. But I have, to, I have to get the fake news stamp out from the president. And he's got to tell a Time magazine. What would you tell Time magazine, Mr. President? You are fake news. Of course they are. Now, why are we calling Time magazine fake news? Because of this headline that just came out today. How Donald Trump has dishonored the meaning of D-Day. What? Uh, this is from uh, Daniel Benjamin who was the coordinator for counterterrorism in the State Department. 
and is a director of the John Sloan Dickey Center for International Understanding at Dartmouth. So this guy's resume smacks of liberalism. And he's just taking apart Donald Trump and saying that the, the reason that, that Trump is pushing our allies away and he's going to hurt us in the long run. And he's saying this not just because of the fact that Donald Trump is a conservative, but this also relates to, guess what, the climate accord and the fact that we're pulling out the climate accord. I, I'm sorry. I, I don't agree with you. He does say that Reagan was objectionable to some and most leaders across Europe understood him and his commitment to the West. But with Trump, there is no such commitment, no such respect. This goes back to Donald Trump not standing up and absolutely using the words Article 5 while he was at the NATO summit, which was affirming Article 5. So between not using the words Article 5 and withdrawing us from the Climate Accord in Paris, which was a horrible deal. This guy is saying that Donald Trump has ruined and dishonored the meaning of D-Day. I'm sorry, I don't agree. All you have to do, Mr. Benjamin, is realize how many Americans are currently in the Pacific right now, off the coast of Japan, off the coast of China, off the coast of Russia, off the coast of South Korea, taking care of our allies. So, Mr. Benjamin, you and your fake news story get it officially from the president's mouth. You, Mr. Benjamin. You are fake news. Thank you, Mr. President. Tomorrow you got to join us. It's going to be a busy day. And uh, I want you to participate. But tell your friends, Puro Palka starts earlier tomorrow, three hours earlier. They might be calling it the Glenn Beck program, but you and I know what the real name is. Testudo, my friends. Testudo. Pure Opelka. With Mike Opelka. On the Blaze Radio Network. Do you love all things Glenn Beck? Would you like to know what's always happening in the world of Glenn? 